1: Just 17, 7, just under 17 hours away from the NBA trade deadline. And man, is it most likely, at least looking that way, coming at the right time. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers post-game show here on a Wednesday, alongside my partner. And we're trying to figure everything out together. We're trying to break it all down, trying to see what's going on, and trying to trying to piece it all together. And I think we know, but we need to talk about it for Uh, This time here tonight, Derek Biden, I'm Devon Givens, Kyle Newbeck, live from South Philly in just a bit, following his post-game duties down at the arena, Bree producing all of you, and we know you are all ready to jump to 2 o'clock tomorrow for our (laughs) trade deadline special, live from the chicken or the egg in Marlton, New Jersey. We'll be with you from 2 to 4 tomorrow, and we all know where you're all looking when that's the trade, but we'll get there. We will get there. Derek, while we were both in the arena with Kyle, first half, struggled shooting, but they were hanging in there. The defense yeah. was doing enough where Golden State was also struggling. And the Sixers had more field goals in the first half. Golden State had more made three-pointers, yet they were still trailing by only three at the break. And as I was leaving, I ran into a couple of really good f- friends. They're like my family. And they said, this is the part right here where we always find out. With no Joel Embiid, it's the third quarter. Yeah. And Derek, by the time I got to the car <laughs> yeah. and you called me and said, are we leaving now? Yes. They were already down by double oh, digits. Yeah. That was rough.
2: No, there was a Sixers employee. Not like in a front office executive or anything. Like that, just a Sixers employee. I'll leave it at that. Who asked me at halftime, do you think they're going to pull it out? I said, not a chance. Not a chance, first of all. There's not enough people to score on the Sixers. Yep. And Steph is just going to get it going. And Steph didn't really have, like, an incredible game. It was more like Andrew Wiggins there in the third quarter. Yep. But you just, even though the Warriors are a shell of their dynasty self, even though they've really struggled here at times, you just have more people on that side of the court who you trust. And, man, watching the Sixers offense right now, even when, look, even when they were playing well in the first half, a lot of that came down to their defensive effort. A lot of that came down to the Warriors missing shots. A bit of a shout-out to Jaden Springer, who, again, had another real nice defensive performance, especially in the first half. Their offense is always painful to watch. Every second since Joel Embiid got injured, it's been painful to watch. It was painful to watch all night, especially in the second half. And when you have Tyrese Maxey, who, to be fair, didn't really look like himself tonight. He looked like he was still under the weather in terms of the illness. Like Tobias, the, the previous game, I'm not sure Tyrese would have played this if they had a normal roster right now, but they needed him, so he came out and he tried. But even beyond that, there's just so little help. Like there was a, the one time it felt like Tyrese Maxey had like a clean look, was that he had a drive in the third quarter because he had a closeout to attack? And look, there's gonna be a lot of debate. Is Ty because it feels like every time Tyrese struggles, we have this debate. Mm-hmm. Is he a lead guard? Like do they need a, a point guard to take his place, move him off ball? Tyrese just needs some people alongside of him that are going to generate a little bit of space, have a little bit of gravity. That might be gravity as big to play a dribble handoff game with. That might be gravity as a roll man, you know, cutting hard of the basket. That might be gravity as a secondary ball handler or maybe somebody who has gravity coming off of a screen like Bogdanovich. There's nobody on the court with any kind of gravity right now. And not only that, but even when Tyrese gives it up, there's nobody on the court to make any kind of decisions. And when there's no decision makers and no gravity, there's nothing for Tyrese Maxey to attack. So it is, like we said in the last show, almost uniquely ill-positioned to try to elevate Tyrese Maxey's game. And it's just when he is struggling, and he's been struggling here the last couple of games, it's just so painful to watch this offense right so now. So as you
1: keep saying that, and you're like, it's painful. It's almost like you just want to rip, you know, you know how oh, they say this. Oh, just-
2: I, if I could have been a blind basketball fan <laughs> right. tonight, look, I don't want to be blind. Don't get me wrong. That's no, 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 an no. awful right, life to right, live. Right. I, apologies to anyone who, yeah. who has to go through that. Look, if I could like, have tape, we- taped over my eyes for this game, it might have been easier. Yeah. What's and the- I'm not even sure my analysis would have suffered. Because quite frankly, <laughs> most people who probably watch this show think that I'm you can lying. hear it from the crowd
1: yeah. yeah absolutely you can hear it from the crowd but i wanted to ask you this because you said it's just so painful to watch the tyrese maxi part we're going to dive into that even more because it is tough and as jay says here jay of the jungle it's brutal it is really brutal to watch but i, I want to ask you this outside of the maxi piece what's the toughest to pay attention to because as many of our, our viewers and our, our our friends here in the chat we all we watch it and we look at other things out there on the floor. What's the toughest for you to to really focus on, try to see, and know that, man, this is not 76? Understanding that Embiid is out. But we've also seen in the past, while they struggled this season without Embiid, we've seen where they played well in the past. And they have somebody, seemingly, Tyrese Maxey, as we talk about, a guy that we feel can carry him a little bit. To to pick up a few games. But what's the what's the roughest part of watching them struggle the way that they are right now? Is it something really specific? Is it the ball movement? Is it the fact that they cannot uh, get by a defender one on one when you talk about the others outside of Maxi?
2: Yeah, that's that's a tough question because there's so much. There's so much that's aggravating right man. Um I'm mean, the toughest is is just like the decision making in terms of trying to attack off the dribble. Like Jaden Springer. Spir- trying to go iso ball, settling for a pull-up jumper. Kelly Oubre, ending up with 13 points on 15 shot attempts and zero field goal attempts, just driving into the paint with no real game plan. It's just, there are so many players on this team who, at their best, are finishers, and the moment they try to... when I mean, we saw this even earlier in the season when Embiid would miss time, or when Max, Max just started missing time. Mm-hmm. But anytime somebody was out of lineup, it always felt like they had just enough to get by, and the moment you removed one cog... Everybody was playing outside of their comfort zone. And there's just everyone on this, And even when we bring back, you know, Batum and Melton, everyone on this team is a finisher. There's nobody else outside of Tyrese Maxey who can initiate in any real way. And it's just when they try to, like I mentioned, with Springer, who's going isolation, with Ubre who's been coming off of DHOs and isolations for the past two weeks and struggling the entire time. All of that is just really, and none of them have any idea how to create an open look for anybody else. It's very, very frustrating.
1: I just saw in the comments where uh, someone just said that Embiid covers up everything. Right there, it was, uh, (laughs) um, I hear you, but uh, Embiid covered up everything. And we often talk about what he did out there on the floor and the fact that he anchors the defense on the back end teams pull him away from the basket because he's such a good rim protector. Even when it seems like he's not really giving enough effort on the defensive end, he can clean up a lot of mistakes and get those blocks, alter shots. That will lead to some defensive rebounds, get out in the the open floor, get in the offensive situation going the other way. Certainly on the offensive end, when we look at what they do, where all of it really funnels through him and Tyrese Maxey because of the dribble handoff work that they have out there on the perimeter, as you just said, there are so many finishers and not a, not, not a lot of shot creators. Now, look, we talked about it before where you need some more high IQ guys on the floor. That is Nicholas Batum, certainly D'Anthony Melton out there with his extra ball handling, Marcus Morris being out, say what you want. You know, it's, it's an extra piece when we're just talking about the depth of this basketball team and their roster. There's so many issues right now that we see. And again, M B covers up so much on the offensive end. So, When we look at him and we talk about him being the most valuable player, before this injury, we were talking about a lot, how the personnel was good enough. Where you didn't need to make that splash move, which is a blockbuster that's going to headline any trade that are made by now and 3 o'clock on Thursday. But now we do see that maybe the personnel, and again, we're dealing with some injuries here on the Sixers side where they're missing some key pieces there, especially two of their other starters, not named Joel B. that he is that important to what they do. And before we say, well, that's not the recipe for winning, they were winning. They were 29 and 13 at one point while he was still on the floor. They are now 30 and 20 on the season. They have dropped to the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. And as our listener said and shared in the chat, he covered up so much for this basketball team. So while it may not be pleasing to the eyes with how they operate, where the ball sticks with him, but you saw the assist numbers were up for the entire team, the cutting made more sense where there were a lot more backdoor situations there for the basketball team. They were finishing at the rim. They were getting better looks on the perimeter because of the attention that he draws. Now, you look at it the other way, where we still look at Tyrese Max and we all believe and know that he is more than deserving of this all-star, nod. that he is going to represent this team next week in Indianapolis, next week in Indianapolis. So deserving of it. But right now, since the Brooklyn game to the game on Monday and tonight, we have seen him struggle against the length, the extra bodies that are coming at him the different defenses that they are throwing, blitzing him. We were sitting there in the first half and the Sixers were coming our way offensively. And there was one play when Maxie got, I think he was at this point 0 for 4. And it was the left side of the floor Derek, from where we are. So the left side for for where we're sitting facing the court. And as soon as he got that ball on the left wing, they just sprinted at him to, to get the basketball out of his hands. He didn't turn it over, but again, their objective was, number one, this is their best basketball player. You can see he's frustrated because he's pressing because he can't get his shot to fall on the interior. He can't get anything to fall from the perimeter with the length that they have on him. And now they're like, cool, we'll just live with whatever else has happened. So if Patrick Beverly, you want to drop to the basket and get a scoop shot and get it going. Or Jaden Springer, spin move on Steph Curry and finish at the rim, which is cool because it, it, it he made it they're gonna live with that because you oh, know yeah. why too Derek because they are at that point, one for eleven from the three-point line so hey we'll take those twos from you guys while we hit a couple of more threes than you on the other end and then you can't get anything else going your star player is visibly visibly frustrated and it's it's tough right now to watch it so yes it's obviously a, a, it's an astute observation that Joel and B covered up so many mistakes for this basketball team. And the trade deadline, we'll get to it. And of course, we have our special tomorrow. But man, looking at it and, and trying to figure out how they can maybe get some help, some reinforcements, as, as we like to say, it's evident that they need that.
2: I mean, he just, like, he, he not only does it cover up, but he puts everyone in their natural role. Like, he creates space. So, Kelly's limited to just catch-and-shoot threes, not trying to shoot threes off of screens or off of, you know, pick-and-rolls or what have you. I mentioned it before the season last year. Kelly Ubray shot 37% on catch-and-shoot open threes, 27% when, gar- when guarded, something of that ilk. He opens up cutting lanes. He opens up space for Maxi off of DHO. So Maxi's not self-creating every look that he has. He just creates everything. It's like, you know, when you're out and you miss the first couple of months and I've got to step up and sort of like be the host, you that's not my natural role. <laughs> it's not that I can succeed in this role, but at least I have a prayer. Right now, the Sixers and their role players, they don't have a prayer because they're all stepped outside of their role. And it is something where you would like to have. And this is something we talked about even when they were winning, even when Embiid was healthy. You would just like to have one more creator, even if it's not a primary creator, even if it's not somebody like a primary perimeter creator that forces Maxie out of his role, just another option so that when Embiid has a matchup that's tough or maybe he has a, a game where he's struggling or Maxi has a matchup that he can't exploit like he normally can, you have an option to go to because when they don't have a third option, you rely so heavily on those two and it worked for a lot of the season. We didn't know for sure if it would work in the playoffs when a level of competition ramps up. But when you remove that MVP from the equation, all of a sudden, everybody's struggling. And there's just, you brought it up, but when teams get the ball out of Tyrese Maxey's hand, there's not one player on the Sixers right now that they're really worried about taking advantage of that. And when you can sell out that aggressively and that consistently, you just need somebody who's capable of stepping up. And not only the Sixers not have anyone who has stepped up, outside of Tobias Harris, who does it once every four games, they don't have anyone who's really capable of stepping up, and it's just a very, very tough watch.
1: It really is. And look, we will say this too. The illnesses have been, the illness has uh, been course. running through that I locker room. I
2: don't think Tyrese Maxey was himself today. No, not he was just, not. Not just because of the defensive pressure, but because he didn't look like himself physically. Tobias last game did not look like himself, either during the game or after the game. That's absolutely a factor and it colors a little bit of what we are saying, but only a little bit. They yeah. also don't necessarily have the talent to do it either.
1: Yeah. And look, we just wanted to make sure we presented that. We're not giving them the, any excuse. We're just pointing out a fact that the illness is running through that locker room, running through the bus, the plane, all of that stuff when they were on that road trip, and they haven't gotten away from it. Tyrese Max is dealing with it right now, and Tobias Harris still overcoming the flu, whatever it was that he had. That's um, still impacting him the way that he did. So look, by the way, in Utah when he dropped at 28, he was still sick. Yeah, and 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 that that was a big deal. But definitely a difference when Harris is out there with Maxi, but they're both dealing with illness. So we don't want to ignore that right now. Now I will tell you this though, because look, if something happens tomorrow, this was the last time you probably see if somebody in a Sixer uniform. I don't know who that somebody is. I don't know who those somebodies are that could have been in the Sixer uniform for the final time tonight at the arena. But if you would, should something happen, want to see the new look Sixers hosting the visiting Atlanta squad on Friday and get some tickets courtesy of game time. Sure, you might want to wait. You don't want to rush out there and get the tickets because you're like, I don't want to see that product again against Atlanta on Friday. I need to see something better. Well, you might get some help. You might get some help uh, by tomorrow at 3 p.m. And should they do so, last-minute tickets, not a problem for our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events, they shouldn't be stressful at all. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. There's a big concert coming up in the summer that I know a lot of people are going to want to get to. With killer deals and last-minute tickets, you can go to Game Time and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Some of the things that Game Time has on the app, the experience is fantastic. Images of the seat views. You don't want to be obstructed with your view, right? You want to be able to see it. Maybe you want to sit on the, on the front row. Baseline, sideline, whatever it is, Game Time has the deals for you. Flash deals, last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, et cetera. Get the images of your seat. Once again, it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Just go to your phone, get the image of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect while you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Maybe you want to get your loved one for Valentine's Day coming up next week. Tickets, they make great gifts, Valentine's gifts for your loved ones for any of those events that we talked about. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code PHLY for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed.
2: We also want to make sure we tell you about Rocket Money because we all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting money on unnecessary subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap, and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get your refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y.
1: So, we want to tell you once again about Thursday at 2 o'clock. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. 2 to 4, the chicken or the egg in Marlton, New Jersey. A big time blowout. Trade deadline special, two to four. Derek Biner, Kyle Newbeck, Rich Hoffman will be with us. A four-man team. We're going to field a good team. Yeah. Bree, we make five. We're going to you be can, all set.
2: You can be there in, in person and hassle the Hoff.
1: Hassle the Hoff. You got to hassle them. So we're going to have everything, not just anything that happens with the 76ers, but also around the NBA because it could impact. And we'll get to the things that were, that were dropped earlier today, some of the moves that may impact the Eastern Conference. And maybe even the Sixers and their dealings. But again, tomorrow, the chicken, chicken or the egg at in Marlton, New Jersey, two to four. Hope to see you there. We'll have some wings together. We'll talk a lot of stuff. We'll, we'll get into what's going on around the league, what's going on around this team, how can they fix this whole thing? And if something does not happen, boy, it's gonna be rough for because Dale is already getting it in the chat now. Yeah. If he doesn't do anything tomorrow, he, it's going to be rough. So we'll do that with you for two hours tomorrow. We're going to have a special, and I look forward to hanging out with the guys and Bree as we uh, put together our our five five person group. And we can feel the better team right now than Sixers, huh? Uh, at least we got a in five, man. We're all healthy. We're <laughs> we all do available. have a starting five. We do have a starting five. So we'll talk to you about that. How about this? Let's get to a positive. First of all, the Sixers fall at 127, 104, 30 and 20 now, folks. Again, They've lost now seven of their last eight games, and B has been out for the last few. As we know, the last Golden State game, ironically enough, on the road, that's the last game that he played, and as a result, they are now 10 games over 500. They are fifth in the Eastern Conference right now. They had posted, who did they post? Six players in double figures tonight. No one over 17, and my man Rick, go get him, Rick, Ricky Council. 17 points to lead the Sixers in scoring four for seven in his 10 minutes of run. <laughs> and look, man, he got to the free throw line, knocked down, you know, eight free, eight, all and of his free throws. In garbage time, yeah. In garbage time, by the way. Pat Beverly at 13. Kenyon Martin Jr. showcasing to stay <laughs> or maybe another team to come get him and get him off the bench. He had 15, 6 and 10 from the floor. 13 for Harris, 12 for Maxie five for 14 from the field, 11 for Kelly Oubre, five for 15 from the floor, one of four from three-point line. Jaden Springer got the start. He finished with eight points, three for nine, 0 for three from beyond, but it was really about the defense, and he started off really well against Steph Curry, but uh, just six players in double figures. They turned the ball over 14 times tonight, so it wasn't all that bad, but when you're down bad, the way that they are in terms of personnel, you got to protect the basketball a little bit more, and then in the third quarter, again, things really got out of hand. They lost that quarter by 20, giving up 43 points to the Warriors. A lot of that, Andrew Wiggins, as you talked about, Jonathan Kaminga, early looking looking really good as uh, he finished with 18-21 for Wiggins to have a game high tonight. This, you know, this, this was, uh, the third quarter, again, continues to be their problem without Embiid. Before it was... This is a bonus with Embiid where we can sit in the fourth. Yeah. Now it's the game is over at the end of the third.
2: Yeah. It sucked. It did. Yeah. No, look, I mean, there's, there's, again, I mentioned it at halftime. It just felt like whatever was happening, that was short term. They were going to run into a wall offensively. And I didn't trust that they were going to stop the Warriors. I didn't necessarily see, like you mentioned, Wiggins and Kaminga being the driving force to get that. Um, But they... They got hit on the offensive glass. They turned the ball over. Their defense was atrocious. I thought they got backdoor cut a lot. Um, They couldn't make a shot. They ended up with eight threes on the night. And quite frankly, a bunch of those came in in garbage time. I think they had five for most of the game uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter. You don't win an NBA game when you have five threes made in meaningful play. Uh, They have been shooting like sub 20% pretty much since Embiid From three, pretty much since Embiid left the lineup, they can't generate threes. They can't make threes when they get them. Um, All of their shots seem like they're either mid-ranges or contested floaters. That's not going to win in 2024. It is... I I don't know how many different ways to say it. It's a really tough watch right now. Everyone in the starting lineup frustrated me tonight. And Springer, maybe the least so, because at least he gave you dogged one-on-one defense and got through screens and he had his moments of frustration offensively for sure, but he at least gave you value on that end. Nobody was really good. though, And even with his
1: frustrations on the offensive end, Derek, like you just said, he dogged effort. It wasn't just on the defensive end. He was trying on the offensive end to do something because they couldn't. And even so he goes three for nine and you're like, so what? just because they needed whatever he whatever he was shooting, even the three-pointers, because you mentioned the three-pointers. I wrote it here. Maxie made his first three-pointer at the 220 mark in the second quarter. That made them two for 12 yeah. from three-point range. And I think yeah. they finished like two for 15 in the first half. Yeah. So to your point, they couldn't generate anything from nope. beyond. While Golden State wasn't bur- burning up the nets in the first half, they at least had a few more made three-pointers and a three-point lead. And as as Derek mentioned, there was a, an opportunity for them to go off just because they have much better players opposite the Sixers tonight to yep. go off and beat Philadelphia by 20 in that third quarter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I truthfully, like, I was looking at it today and I think the Sixers probably only need to find a way to win like 14 games rest of the season to yeah. make sure they keep a top six game, top six seed.
1: And, and look, the six seed... That's the focus. Yeah. You try to stay in the top six.
2: If So if Embiid comes back, let's say, late March, he might play realistically like five to eight of those games. If you even let's say you get five wins when Embiid comes back, I don't know how you're getting nine more wins. You're sitting there. Honestly, when they were sitting there close in the first half, you're like, hey, I don't know if this is sustainable, but at the very least, maybe you can scratch one out get a little positive momentum going and just like everyone you're just trying to check off one of those 14 or so wins that you need and this seemed like an opportunity and they blew it and it's just it's going to be tough and here here's what I'll say cuz we got I actually got a super chat in here from oh, J Flow okay saying that the Sixers should tank for draft position no they're not going to tank when there's a chance of Joel Embiid coming back they're not going to try to miss the playoffs it, but what I will say is that pick that cuz they can you know this is something that I'm. we've mentioned on the show. I'm writing an article for tomorrow. But basically, in the summer, they can trade upwards of five first-round picks because you can take a player in that draft and then trade him, you know, basically trade his rights. Well, that pick, that 2024 pick that we were all expecting to be, you know, bottom five in the first round, late 20s, that might end up being solid teen's pick. Like, that will have more value in a trade now. I don't mean to say that that offsets all of the other problems with Joel Embiid's injury. Don't get me wrong. At the very least, that pick might have some real legitimate trade value in the summer. But you're not going to tank. Like, that's just not... Any year where Joel Embiid has a chance of returning, they're not going to tank.
1: Plus, as Corey said in the chat, this draft is not where Victor Wimbenyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson... Even
2: beyond that, not only is there not the top-end talent, I think most people will tell you there's not a whole lot of depth.
1: Either. Right. So no. what are you what are you tanking for, unless you're tanking to get that draft position to, as Derek talked about, package it with some of the others to go and get something else to help out with a a, a player that already exists in the NBA. So I, I agree with you. No, you don't tank, especially when Joel Embiid has an opportunity to come back. The Sixers are now, again, as we talk, go ahead.
2: One thing, because I think some people are confused because the Sixers refuse to use tear- or mention what kind of surgery he got. He got a meniscectomy. Men- meniscectomy? I don't actually know how to pronounce it because I don't know if I've ever said it. That's fine. He got he got the, the partial, the the torn <laughs> portion of it removed. Right. It's not a full repair. Um, Again, not officially said, but just re- talking to people, uh, reading the timeline they're giving. That's the only explanation. Haven't received any pushback the number of times I've said it. So, yes, he's not going to be out. Well, I'm not going to say that he will be reevaluated in four weeks. And it's a truthful reevaluation evaluation in four weeks, four weeks, not like them trying to hoodwink you or trick you. Like mm-hmm. it's not like there, it is going to be a real legitimate reevaluation.
1: Did you see we had Furk in the chat?
2: I saw we had somebody named FERC on CorkMoz in the chat. Yeah.
1: yeah. He said, I heard my name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Furkan Corkmas Imposter.
2: Corkmas? No, he didn't I don't. I was gonna say I don't think we've said his name.
1: Maybe someone in the chat did earlier, just because Maybe. of the trade stuff. He's on the final year of his deal, five million dollars that he's making this year. Sixers now two and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knicks, who are tied for the third seed at thirty-three and eighteen, and the Indiana Pacers are two games back of the Sixers. They occupy the sixth seed. At this time, and just three games ahead of the Miami Heat, who hold down the seven seed right now at the start of the play-in. So again, the Sixers have some work to do. Three and seven in their last ten, and it's it's just it's not good. So, um, looking looking at, I, I guess it's time to kind of first of all tell people what happened earlier in the day. There were a few moves around the NBA that took place. Uh, one, we'll start with the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, I didn't even think of this name, Derek. Yeah. And I'm disappointed in myself. i um, not disappointed in you guys because you, you did a lot of work.
2: I mean, you can be disappointed man. I'm disappointed
1: fine. in myself because... I'm
2: disappointed in myself every day.
1: I, <laughs> you got to do better than that. You,
2: you're, you, you do what? Well. You got to be a realistic self-evaluator. Some, yeah,
1: uh, anyway. I am too. I, I'm that way too. But yeah, I didn't see this name. And here's why. Because... Steven Adams was on the roster at one point, and I didn't think they would do anything, even though Jaron Jackson plays a lot of the five for the Memphis Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman, who's a nice backup big, has some really good moments in the NBA as a backup big, was traded from the Grizzlies to the Celtics, folks, if you did not hear, uh, to the Celtics, and they trade for two future second-round picks.
2: One of them, I think, the 32nd pick in this year's draft.
1: And I wouldn't have minded it. Now you could still look at the drumming piece, the Kelly Olenek uh, name been mentioned also, but that one I would not have minded had Daryl Morey pulled that one off to hold things down for the time being. And like I said, I was disappointed in myself that I didn't think about Xavier Tillman.
2: Yeah. Uh, And like, I think, Part of the thing is he's not a shooter, so there's no chance of playing right. him alongside of Embiid. But then again, it only costs second-round picks. But also, then again, the pick that they gave up was worth, like, like I said, I think Late one first. of them is a 30-second pick. So the Sixers, I'm not sure they necessarily could have competed without giving up a first and not giving up a first for a backup center. I think that's going to be a good fit with the Celtics. Like, I think he can switch, which again, when you take Porzingis out... They have a lot of other players on the perimeter, one through four, who can switch. This is another guy you can throw in here. I think that'll be a good get for him. And they needed some depth as injury insurance as well. I think it's a good move. We do have Kyle checking in here from the Wells Fargo Center, who I'm not sure if you watched very much of that game. And even if you did, what really can you say? But how you doing, Kyle?
3: I could say it stunk out loud. It uh, that's what I could say about that game. Also, Ricky Council looked pretty decent. In, Go get uh, a Extended garbage time. So <laughs> next time that Devon and I are watching garbage time will be some even louder shouts of Rick and Ricky in the <laughs> DHLY studios. So we can hang our hats on that for damn yes, sure. Yes, we can.
1: Yes, we can. Well, listen, man, as we talked about before you came in, you're just under 17 hours away from the trade deadline, and if it didn't really, as you said, stink out loud, it at least said something out loud of, man, they really have uh, put us in a position where we look at things and say, they need to get something done tomorrow. That was a tough watch.
3: Yeah, and I, <laughs> I you hate to quote tweet yourself in the middle of a game after you report a story, but I was like, man, what I reported, it sure seems like you can understand why they're after a certain arch type of, pro, of player, right? Because even with... And admittedly compromised Tyrese Maxey, dealing with an illness, has had the ankle thing. But Tyrese is just out there by himself seemingly at times in terms of the creative responsibilities. And the word that I have heard, you know, I put a couple specific names on it earlier, but they have been after combo guards, right? And they want guys who can take some of the responsibility off of Tyrese, but also play off of him, right? Like that's the ideal scenario. You don't want a true point guard, but you also don't want just a a strict off-ball shooting guard, any of that. And I just – every offensive possession is a slog for this group right now. If they can't score in transition, it becomes really difficult for them to score, period. They're able to hang around for the whole first half of this game because – you know, look, Golden State definitely missed a lot of shots and, and left some money on the table, but they were bought in, played good defense. I thought Jaden Springer was a big standout, but look, guys, if the offense is this bad, they're, they are going nowhere fast, and they're going to struggle to beat basically any team in the league. So they need some help, and they're certainly calling on some uh, some pretty good to very good players, but based on what the asking prices are right now. Not sure any of these deals are getting done.
2: Well, why don't we start off there? Because I don't want to talk about this godforsaken game. Let's just pretend it never happened. (laughs) What is it that you reported on earlier in the, what was it, end of the first quarter, I believe, is when you pubbed? Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you guys go to allphly.com, you'll be able to see that story. But uh, I have heard that the Sixers have made some calls on Portland's Malcolm Brogdon obviously fits that arch type I was just talking about, is a guy who can be a quote-unquote floor general. I think it's a situation where when Tyrese would hit the bench, he'd be the guy with the ball in his hands setting up the offense. But alongside Tyrese, he's got some versatility, good catch-and-shoot, good off-ball player, has certainly had some great seasons the last two years, his two best outside shooting seasons ever last year and this year on – decent not great but decent volume I believe you know four or five threes a game. So they called on him and from what I've been told there's skepticism Brogdon will move at all. so that's you know turd in the punch bowl number one. the other the other big one who you guys and I have talked about quite a bit is Bogdan Bogdanovich in Atlanta. I think he's gettable. I think the Sixers are interested in him. But when I say he's gettable, I think that means you're paying a big premium to get him, like multiple first-round picks. And even then, you might still have to give up. Like a a not similar role player, but at least like a decent role player in that package too. Maybe maybe you say Springer is thrown in there as like the young player uh, interesting piece that goes the other way. But I don't think the Sixers are in the business of moving multiple first-round picks unless they are getting – maybe not a star, but like a real legit guy back. Yeah. So those those were the two big ones. And then uh, I, we continue to hear names like Buddy Heald. I think Indiana's asking price is too high right now, but that's one that I could see. Indiana's saying they want a first right now. The Sixers are not giving them a first. Maybe by 3 o'clock tomorrow they meet in the middle and, and Buddy comes to Philly. And then the last piece, which I know Jake Fisher, among other reporters, have talked about quite a bit uh they're going after big men right they have Olinic and drummond are the ones that i know for sure uh, my understanding is they've gone after several other guys too i can't put specific names to that that i could report publicly yet but they are absolutely in the market for a big if they do not address that tomorrow my suspicion is they will go buy out hunting at some point
1: And and as you say that, it's clear that as we've talked about since the Embiid news, what are they going to do? Should they keep pushing forward to try to maintain that they're going to push for a top six remaining there in the Eastern Conference? And certainly if Embiid is able to come back, still of the belief that they can maybe do something and make some noise in the Eastern Conference, based on your your story and the the names that they're looking at potentially, that means that they are still pushing forward with the belief that they can possibly make some noise to still going forward
3: yeah look I think they look at it as when the team has been whole they've been great and they have not been even close to whole right like even set aside can't set aside Joel Embiid but if you set aside Joel Embiid they're missing valuable guys in their rotation and I will also add this I meant to include this in my story because I know I feel like Derek asked me the What's going on with DeAnthony Melton after every single game? That's one of our post-game rituals at this point. I know Nick Nurse said that the hope might be, hey, you got him in for a couple games, maybe three games before the break. I would not be surprised if he doesn't play at all. I think just reading the room at this point, I think they've been cautious enough as it is that I don't think they're taking any unnecessary risks with him. So I would not be surprised based on a few conversations I've had that if he sat through the all-star break, that's not certain, but that shows you how dire things are, right? Like if you can't, he was the one that we said, yeah, maybe he's close. He might come back. He might help them. So they might be without him for another, what is it? Five games, six games, whatever yeah. it is. And this is not a team that can't afford to have basically anybody missing right now.
2: Yeah, there's, there's four games left before the break, so to get him three before the break, he would pretty much have to come back Saturday, and that seems a, a little bit unlikely.
1: No. It, yeah. It, yeah. Um, when when you looked at stuff tonight, just to kind of go back to the game real quick, Kyle, when you looked at, I asked Derek this earlier, because we spoke about the maxi piece, that's clear. Illness, he's struggling in general, they're throwing different defenses at him, and he, they have to figure that part out maybe with some some reinforcements, but... What has bothered you the most about their offense, excluding Maxi, that really stands out to you? We had a comment earlier from a a viewer who mentioned how Embiid cleaned up so much of their mess, and we really see it now. Uh, But something that really stands out to you outside of Maxi that really has has you scratching your head as you watch the offense?
3: Well, look, I think you can see how they've re-engineered the offense around Joel, where... Without Joel, you're then asking guys like Paul Reed and Mo Bamba to serve as hubs more than they should. Like a lot of the uptick in playmaking slash just in the assist numbers for Joel is that it's a different system, right? It's guys cutting off of the big at the elbow. And frankly, Bamba and Reed's, Reed's, like R-E-A-D-S, Reed's, are, are, are not quick enough to be able to take advantage of of the cutters and what have you. And, you know, I know we've gotten pushback on, you know, criticizing Kelly Oubre lately. it has been awful. But he's been awful. And I will say, as much as, you know, we came in negative on him to start the year and then gave him his just due, I do think he's a symptom of the problem rather than like, oh, Kelly is causing all these problems, right? Like, when Kelly is in a specialist role, He's been pretty good when Kelly has been given lots of responsibility. You've seen the guy who put up 20 points a game on bad efficiency and the team was very bad around him. And, like, that's the the Kelly Oubre problem. The the more you ask him to do, the more trouble you're going to get yourself in. I think you've seen that with – no, he didn't play tonight, but somebody like Marcus Morris, right? Like Marcus Morris, when Joel Embiid's on the floor – and he can be a spot-up shooter or a guy who just one dribble, attack the closeout, pull up mid-range, he's a pretty good player. He's adding some value to the team on offense. When Marcus Morris is trying to do one-legged Dirk fadeaways and take fadeaway long twos and, you know, they run the offense through him, that's a problem. And so everybody having to step up one or two roles above probably where they should be is a huge problem, and – Tobias talked a little bit in the locker room. Like, they, he said, we have to find our new normal, right? Like, the, we have to figure out what is our identity, what works for us. We, this is not the Joel show for a little bit. This is not a team built around his defensive talents and his ability to shoot them out of bad possessions and playmake off the elbow. So, uh, it's just, there are a whole lot of things. I feel like this is festivist right now, Devon. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> all these problems with you people and i'm gonna let you know there's a whole lot wrong
1: yeah uh final one for me um we were talking about right as you came on i don't know if you heard celtics getting xavier tillman again not the greatest big man or anything but he's a big man he can give you some minutes he can rebound not necessarily a greatest scorer celtics just doing something good to help out with their depth and someone who has playoff experience you're not going to ask too much of him. What did, you, what did you make of that move from the Celtics?
3: I'd like it. I mean, look, Xavier Tillman, if you're asking him to be one of the most important guys on your team, as he was this season in Memphis, you're going to run into some problems there, right? Like that's not, that's not where you want to be. But Xavier Tillman as like your eighth or ninth man, your third big, with mm-hmm. it's basically just protection against Porzingis having to take games off. Al Horford being older, needing to manage his minutes, and I think he's a a good, savvy defensive player that give you some versatility there, the different matchups, and he's had some success against maybe not the Embeds of the world, but the the thinner, more athletic bigs. I'd say, like I know he's had some good performances against uh, Anthony Davis, for example. Is a guy that he's had some success against on defense, so the rich getting richer to some extent, I don't want to overstate the impact it's going to have Their That team is still going to live and die on their top six. And they, right now, as it stands, they have the best top six in basketball, but there's not a whole lot for them to do, right? Like they've been, I don't want to call them a juggernaut. I wouldn't put them quite at that level, but they've been a great yeah. team, great regular season team. They have an elite top six. And if you can get a little bit better, you might as well do it, and I think honestly, my big takeaway is that Brad Stevens has done a hell of a job since moving to the front yes. office. Like, it's not a transition that everyone slash many people can make, and the fact that he's been able to do it this seamlessly, granted, with a lot of you know assets and what have you at his disposal, I think he's done a great job to look at it pretty plainly and like gave up a fan favorite and Marcus smart and still made the team better. And it's now still trimming around the edges. So, you know, all credit to him as much as it makes the, the blood boil for every Philadelphian.
2: Last one from me, Kyle ties into a super chat. We got, which uh, Devon and I will discuss in a second over under 0.5 first round picks traded by the Sixers in the next 24 hours.
3: It's a good one because you know, I, I think if the right deal presented itself, they're not opposed to it. And I, I do, I didn't hear this personally, but I did see Jake Fisher saying they're trying to move potentially some late, sw- later year swaps for more immediate firsts. And so they could come up with extra picks that they don't have now, maybe move those. I would guess under though. I would say if moves are made tomorrow, More than likely, it's second round picks plus expiring deals. I think the the smart money is on that. The writing is on the wall that based on what we heard from Nick Nurse pregame saying it doesn't seem like there's going to be a big deadline overall, like for the league, based on what we've heard about the Bulls, the Hawks, those kind of fringe playoff teams that they're not really aggressively selling from what we can tell. I it's just I don't wild, see it anyway. <laughs> it is wild. And that's a symptom of crappy ownership, crappy management, whatever. But based on all the tea leaves, I just think that all signs point to they're not going to overpay. They're not going to, you know, maybe if DeJounte Murray, it was just like one first in a crappy contract, but the Hawks are still holding the line there. So I think it's second round picks and we'll see what they get. But. Stay tuned, everybody. We will have a a live show to sort through all that tomorrow.
2: Two hours worth come hang out with Kyle at Chicken or the Egg in Marlton, New Jersey. Just
3: me? You guys are abandoning me? Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Rich will will be there.
2: We've brought it up a couple times on the show. So we want to make (laughs) sure to mention that Kyle will be there, too.
1: Kyle will be there. See you tomorrow, buddy. The Chicken or the Egg, Marlton, New Jersey, two o'clock, two to four hour. Trade deadline special, and we hope to see you all there. AllPHLY.com is where you can find Kyle's story that he dropped during the game about the Sixers in- inquiring about some, uh, some help for Tyrese Maxey there on the floor. Kyle, go get some rest, man. We got two hours tomorrow. Got to bang that out.
3: Get home safe, boys. I will see you tomorrow afternoon.
1: You too, man. Sounds Thanks. Good. Appreciate it. Again, AllPHLY.com, not just for that story, but for his recap. As well, Derek's going to have a story up tomorrow also uh, ahead of the trade deadline. So uh, make sure everybody goes to allphly.com.
3: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
2: So I referenced it with Kyle there, the super chat from Bill here. He says he asked us a few episodes ago, yes or no, do you think the Sixers will make a trade involving one first round pick? Kyle said Most likely not. Not most likely, but Kyle said if he had to guess, no. I agree with him. Yeah. I don't think, I think Daryl Morey looks at these picks as his one way to add a difference maker to this Embiid Maxi core. And I think he looks at who is out there, doesn't see a difference maker, probably looks at people like Bogdanovich or even Caruso As not worth the high cost, not being enough of an upgrade for the high cost of acquisition and specifically enough of an upgrade to take them out of the running of trying to go star or star adjacent hunting. And I think he is going to be stubborn about this. I think he probably thinks the difference between what he can get as an upgrade with the second round picks versus what he can get an upgrade by bundling first round picks is not high enough to take away that opportunity in the summer. And I think it's going to piss off a lot of fans. Uh,
1: yes, it really would. Because looking at, as you talk about difference makers and Daryl Morey not seeing that right now, until he finds out what that is in the summer, because so many of the names that we thought were difference makers are, or are difference makers, but now are off the table, seemingly, of course, with Siakam and OG Ananobi, Kawhi Leonard is for sure a yep. difference maker. Paul George, they're playing too well. Why would he leave that? We don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like once they get to the playoffs, but that's a difference maker. Where's the difference maker in terms of free agency? Now, you can still do that via trade, but man, to have these Sixer fans sitting there waiting to find out who that is by the trade, I mean, by the NBA draft and then free agency, it's going to be a lot of upset fans if nothing happens, especially when Sixer fans who are rational. A lot of their thinking, see the other teams doing it, Derek, and then the, the return for it to get said player. Bogdanovich, let's just use that as an example. Sixer fans are not going to be happy. They're going to be heated. Yeah. Heated. Yeah. Well, we'll get a lot of that tomorrow.
2: We will get a lot we of We still
1: have that. some super chats. We got to run through. Chats. Yep. All right, let's go to Joe Sox, super chat. What about the rumors of the Sixers possibly making three moves at, by the deadline tomorrow? Brian Winhorse. He said one to three. One to three. Yeah, yeah, One to three is what he said.
2: Well, and then our, Joe, our, our PHLY Sixers account reported that they expect anywhere from zero to five.
1: That's a good range. Yeah. It's a very feel, good feel range. feel pretty confident.
2: I'm not sure who <laughs> sent that one, but I feel pretty confident. All
1: right, all right. So stay tuned, of course, I mean, Joe, look, for that. It's, I it's hard think, to predict I, that.
2: Yeah, well, and I think Daryl's certainly making calls. I think right now, and you know, Daryl's signaling... Oh, asking price is too high. Asking price gotta come down. And other teams are signaling. Oh, we know what we have and we value our guys and you gotta meet us at our price. And then by three o'clock tomorrow, both sides actually have to make a freaking decision. And for months and months and months, it's been posturing and posturing, posturing. By tomorrow, pencils down, time's up, you have to make a decision. We'll see which side budges. I, I think there's a chance they make a deal. I'm just not sure I see a first round pick. Uh, being included. And to Brian's credit, he said one to three. If they make a deal, that satisfies it.
1: Hmm. Interesting to see what they might get for a second round pick or multiple second round picks. Jay Shave says, if they can't realistically win it all this year, do you think they should um, try to trade Tobias for assets instead of letting him walk for nothing? (sighs)
2: Thank you, Jay Shave. If it's like Bojan and an asset, sure. But if it's just assets, like Daryl Morey's not not going to give Tobias. First of all, you're not getting an asset for Tobias. Like mate, Detroit's the only one cuz they've been rumored to want to pursue him as a free agent. That's the only option. And I don't I just I can't imagine them giving up a high enough asset where Daryl would say like, "Eh, you know what? We were going to use him for the playoff run, but this is a good enough asset." I just don't think that's realistically likely in the cards. Um and I don't think Daryl agrees that they can't realistically win this year. So I'd be surprised.
1: All right, folks. We appreciate everybody hanging out with this tough one again. It's been a tough go for the Sixers without Joel Embiid. The illness running through the locker room. Tyrese Maxey seeing some different defenses. That really has them thinking out there on the floor a lot. And they have not resulted in in many wins since. They've lost seven of their last eight. They're 30 and 20. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference standings. They need to get things together. Not only are we looking at the trade deadline as something that they just simply Need to help this roster, boy. As the guys talked about with the injuries and the illness, this 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 All Star break cannot come at a better time for for this basketball team
2: and for my mental sanity and too. for Derek's mental yeah. sanity
1: as well. And he needs that. I do. He do, he does need do. that it's to been be a sharp.
2: Long two weeks, man. It's it, been a it long has two been. weeks.
1: It has. Look how it's just up here. Like all right, yeah, they just adjust here, make some little things, some tweaks. Now it was like, boom, all the way (laughs) down here. And that's where we are. I mean,
2: legitimately right before (laughs) Joel Embiid got injured, Kyle was on this show saying if they went into the series against the Milwaukee Bucks, he didn't, he wasn't too worried about that series. Now all of a sudden we're like, they have one person who can dribble and he's sick and can barely play. Please send help. And neither side is wrong. And folks, that's why he was the MVP two years in a row or would have been if he didn't get hurt.
1: How about that? How about that? Well, we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow at the Chicken or the Egg, Marlton, New Jersey. Again, please, if you're able to, maybe you work from home, you get off early tomorrow, you want to start your weekend and you want to come hang out with us. We're going to have some wings. We're going to have some drinks there. We're going to talk a lot of basketball. We have our five man team, our five person team uh, with us as Rich, Kyle, Derek, me, Bree will all be there to talk about the trade deadline, not just the Sixers, but whatever else happens around yep. the association. So we hope to see you there we we'll have some wings. We'll see who can handle the hot wings and all that stuff. Make sure you just bring the tissues, right? Your nose starts running from the heat. You can take it, but you got to wipe your nose. You know, I'm not the only one that's been there. You guys have been there, too. You got to wipe the nose sometimes when you have that really hot, 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 hot wing. So we'll do that. We'll I'm wipe. a
2: wuss, man. I am a
1: complete wuss when it comes to hot food. No, you're not. No, you're not. All right. Uh, our guy. Al, two-minute warning says, up, I'm trying to make it there tomorrow. What up, Al? We say that live tomorrow if Al's able to make it. We'll try to bring Al head.
2: on the show. Say, what up, Al, on the show?
1: Al can just jump on camera and say, what up? We'll give him a mic. To everybody. We got
2: two hours, man. We'll give a mic to everyone. Everybody. The boy, I'm RJ. mostly kidding. Cannoli. I, I don't know. We'll see. Vic.
1: I saw our, our, our good friend Barb is well, in we there. we got to make
2: sure Jay Shave, Bill, and Joe Sox because of the super chats. What we up, Joe Sox? appreciate you all. There was another one, too. J-Flo. j Flow. Appreciate
1: you. We appreciate everybody. Oh, yeah, Clizzy Moto. Who else we have in here? We got a
2: couple more second round exit fan, which that 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 name just cuts too deep. Please change that by the next one. Marty Bones, Ryan. Marty Bones, Alex, what up? Corey, Mateus, Nick, Tim, front running fan base, which again, not sure I love the name, but I appreciate you hopping front running on. Running
1: with Kansas City on Sunday. I will tell you that.
2: Brian Knight, Cannoli. What up, B? Jay of the Jungle. Jay. We said Joseph. Ferk on Cork Moz. Right what up, Ferk? Was this the last time we see in a uniform, Ferk? Yeah. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> if out. If he gets his wish. Yeah. Furious. Kevin Schmick. Did the Phillies win? Not yet. Not Coming yet. soon. Spring but training. It is a spring training trip. Go to allphly.com slash events. Check that one out. That's right. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Who else uh, do we have? Here? Remo, Gracie, Vic, Dan B, a couple more. I think that's all I have written down here. Appreciate each and every one of you. X Man. X Man is in there too. I see him in the chat. <laughs> Which X Man, though? I don't know. Oh.
1: That's a good question.
2: Which X Man? Let us know, X Man. Which one? Let us know tomorrow. Which one are on on riding with? We'll you. be with you for two yeah.
1: hours. Whether you're with us live from the chicken or the egg or you're watching at work or at home, we always appreciate it tonight. Hanging out with us after a tough loss. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Thank you to Derek, Kyle, Bree, all of you. Make sure you like and subscribe and you get that notification. You hit the bell. Well, Al already has it there in the chat. Ding, as you said, they stole our bell. We can't find it. And (laughs) we have to have an investigation in the PHLYs offices here because we can't find the bell. Vince, where's our bell? Let us know. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock right here on the PHLY Sixers podcast trade deadline special. See you then.